I predict a riot. Well, anyone could have done. The police were being stupid. And I've got a Jaffa coast. Welcome to Date Fight. It's a podcast where each day we take two events that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, he's Jake. Yeah, I'm Nat Tapley. And together we have broken two chunks off the dairy milk bar of time and are chewing them frantically in the hope that we can extract some entertainment from them before our mums catch us and make us spit them into a handkerchief. You know they're doing a vegan one now. Are they? Yeah, anyway. We could actually do that. Well, because the whole thing, it's not, isn't it vegan? Because they stopped, it, it doesn't have a glass and half of milk anymore. It's now got whey powder and some sort of oh, yeah. weird cocoa fat that has nothing to do with milk at all. Um, thanks, Kraft. Uh, let's go to the 11th of April, 1909, when Tel Aviv was founded on the outskirts of Jaffa, which I think is a pretty interesting story because of the way in which they founded it. 66 Jewish families... Um, went to the beach near Jaffa. Jaffa was getting quite crowded as a city and they wanted to create some more suburbs for it. Uh, so they found this plot of land, uh, divided it up into 60 plots, and they went to the beach and collected 120 seashells, 60 white, 60 grey. They wrote um, a oh. family's name on each of the white shells and a plot number on each of the grey shells, and then they threw them all in a bag and had um, a boy and a girl who weren't anything to do with the process reach in and pull them out and put them together. So it was sort of like um, that thing at the beginning of the World Cup, which everyone gets excited about, when they oh, pull them yeah, out yeah, and yeah. do that draw. The ball draw They did that, thing. and that's how they set up the city of Tel Aviv, which within uh, six years had 2,679 inhabitants. Uh, in 1917, the Ottomans expelled all the Jews from uh, Tel Aviv, um, but they came back at the classic. end of the First World War. Yeah, classic Ottoman empire um people said at the time in the 1920s it had lots of visitors and immigrants because people said they enjoyed the western comforts it had there it had electricity it had uh, running water high schools um theater opera cafes that were open till 2 a.m singing dancing uh, it was named a world heritage site in 2003 and i just thought it was a good story about how they how they invented a whole city just by going to a beach and counting out seashells oh great there you go I've got an awful thing. I've oh. got the 11th of April, 1981, <laughs> and there is a massive riot in Brixton. Oh. Uh, 300 police injured, mm-hmm. 65 serious civilian injuries. Uh, why did this happen? Well, uh, the Metropolitan Police had begun a thing called Operation Swamp 81. <laughs> I think if your operation is called Swamp, it's asking. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Uh, Brixton uh, had huge crime problems. Uh, I think a third of the the crimes in London were happening in Brixton. Um, It was a very, very deprived area. And so the police began a very aggressive uh, patrolling of the place. It was called the Sus Law, and it basically Mm. gave them new stop and search uh, powers. Because they've never been misused in the past. No, never. Uh, they could go around in plain clothes and they could just stop and search anyone they fancied, right. basically. And uh, the Afri- Afro-Caribbean community said uh, that they were disproportionately using these against black people. That's a surprise, isn't it? Who could have, yeah, seen, who so, couldn't have foreseen that? And it's it's quite tragic, really, because, yes, the police were being institutionally racist and that was proven in court. Um but the incident that actually kicked all of this off 
was was not that. So uh, what happened was uh, uh, a black youth called Michael Bailey uh, came running down the road towards a police constable. This was on the 10th of April, uh, away from three other black youths. And the policeman kind of stopped him and found that he was bleeding very badly. He'd been stabbed. Mm. So the policeman was trying to help, literally like knocked on a door and got kitchen roll and stuff and was trying to stem the bleeding. Uh, called for a minicab uh, to get him to hospital. But then a police car showed up and they, they were like, well, we can get him to hospital quicker in the police car. So they bundled him into the back of the police car. Some other people saw it and were like, oh, my God, how can you arrest this man? He's innocent. And they were mm. like, we're not arresting him. We're trying to save his life. Um, but sadly, all these kind of rumours started to swirl around this incident and uh, a lot of bad feeling um, mm. was uh, fermenting. And uh, there were rumours that the police just watched this guy dying on the street and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not what happened, but there was a lot of very uh, deserved ill will towards the police for their right. behaviour behavior yeah. more generally. It was uh, pretty horrific. The police had absolutely nothing to deal with such an incident. They had no riot equipment. They had nothing. Uh, no shields, no masks, nothing. And uh, the rioters had bricks and bottles and petrol bombs. Mm -hmm. And uh, Margaret Thatcher, after the riots, said um, unemployment and racism... Unemployment was running at 55% wow. for black youths. Uh, in Brixton. And she said, no, it's got nothing justifies what happened. It's got nothing to do with it. Um, so she said, money cannot buy either trust or racial harmony. I'm like, uh, I, think it, I think it can, actually. Yeah, surely, Margaret, <laughs> if there confident. is one founding pillar of your philosophy is that money can achieve things. Yeah. That, if it, that's pretty much yeah, the yeah. basis of your beliefs. Okay, well, if this money is so useless, <laughs> yeah. just give us just some. Give it and then. We'll, just give it yeah, just take the queen's, take some of yours, and just pop. Just get it over here. If it doesn't do anything, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. a pretty awful thing uh, mm. that happened there, but you know. Well, I'm going to not lighten the mood at all by doing the birthday in 1903 of Misuzu Kanoko, the Japanese poet, children's poet. Her father died when she was three, and she was schooled, unusually for a Japanese woman at the time, until she was 17, after which she became the manager of a small bookshop and found a pile of magazines, uh, of children's magazines, which were publishing poetry for children, which were quite popular at the time. And she sent some in and got them published. Over the next five years, she published 51 poems and became famous for her children's poetry. Um, she was married, unfortunately for her, because her husband was unfaithful and passed on some venereal disease, we're not sure what, to her, which caused her constant chronic pain. Um, so she divorced him. But at the time, the law in Japan was that if two parents divorced, the child automatically went with the father, so the father got custody of her child, and she became so depressed uh, that she committed suicide in 1930. 30 at the age of 26. Um, she left a note asking her husband to let her mother bring the child up, which she did, uh, and she faded into obscurity for a long time until in 1966 a 19-year-old aspiring poet found her poetry and tried to track her down, uh, and in 1985 found her younger brother who kept her diaries, which had lots more poems in, uh, and so in 2016 six volumes of her poetry were published, um, and there's even an English translation of them now, if you want to. Read the poetry of Misuzo Kanoko. I've got a death for you. Mm. It's uh, Kurt Vonnegut. 
died on April the 11th, 2007. Mm. I'm sure you'll have read some yes. Kurt Vonnegut, but he, if you haven't, you really do it should now. give it a go. Yeah, it's really short. easy. Yeah, there are pictures <clears> of cats' <throat> bum holes in them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's fun and easy yeah. and incredibly digestible, but also immensely powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he survived the bombing of Dresden. Yeah, uh, he hid in a meat locker of the slaughterhouse where he was imprisoned, uh, which gave rise to uh, Slaughterhouse Five. Which yes, was his most famous book yeah uh, and they're all really great there is still read. a British survivor of the firebombing of Dresden around who was a prisoner of war at the time and his, yes his reaction to it was much the same as Kurt Vonnegut's if you remember the uh, anti-war message of Slaughterhouse 5 you'll find that same effect was had on most people who suffered the firebombing of Dresden yeah I would have thought they were fairly unanimous <laughs> yeah. uh, on that front uh, I don't know anyone particularly enjoyed it but um, do do try his books if you haven't mm. my favourite is uh, I think Slapstick or Lonesome No More uh, it's a great book mm. what about you Nat? Um, I like Breakfast, Breakfast of Champions and Slaughterhouse Five I'm going to go for the classics partly because they've got rude pictures in <laughs> I respect that and Aliens um, yeah uh, right that's it from us for today yes uh, thanks very much indeed for your company uh, we will be back tomorrow with another date fight because it all rumbles on. Because <laughs> it's another day. <laughs> you keep on it's having days. We'll keep on doing this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Until, goddammit, we get to the 4th of November. <laughs> <laughs> and we take stock of whether or Where? not to continue. Yes, we do. Uh, but, you know, you could make the difference. Yes, share uh, it with all your friends. And if and, you tell everyone and infuse, then maybe yeah. it will all have been worthwhile rather yeah. than... More to the point, should you decide to support the podcast uh, by going to patreon.com slash datefight, oh, yes. uh, where there's a wealth of extra goodness uh, to be enjoyed. And remember, tell your friends, uh, there is a little haven here every morning from whatever is going on outside. Yes. We will be here showing you that things were worse in the past. Do get involved. Do yes. mean the world to us. Yes. Uh, thanks we very much for your company, and we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.